time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Now, here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. We're excited to have you here joining us again live. And uh, on the podcast, some are dialed in live, some are listening live via the, the website. We appreciate you guys, those diehards wanting to get the latest, hottest information, what's going on. You know, I was listening to the opening, uh, the recording here at the beginning of the podcast, and I was thinking, makes me think of the, the Good Morning Vietnam. Remember in Robin Williams and how he opened that? Good morning, Vietnam. I was thinking, well, good mortgage, morning bankers. I mean, I, the reason I want to sound up and the reason we hard work so hard to have an upbeat podcast is there's a lot of ugly news in Matt's department over there. Rates, we, he's not holding up his end of the deal. Matt Graham has got to be holding up his end of the deal. Keep your rates up. <clears throat> All right. That you heard him clear his throat. That was his signal. Move on. Like, and anyway, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, so we're so grateful to have you as our listener, and we're also grateful to have our regulars here each and every week. Matt, Les, MBA, Adam DeSanctis, um, Mark Helm is my co-host, Alice Alvey, um, David Kittle, uh, and, we can, and, and, of course, Alan Pollock. I think he'll be dialing in a little bit later on. But anyway, so good to have all of you here with us. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Our sponsors, Candor Technology, the only automated underwriting system to earn a patent for its unique tech solutions. Candor also optimizes the loan delivery workflow process so operations can right-size for the last time. In other words, you can get the right number of people doing scalable volume of business by using technology, Candor's technology. I love what Tom has created there. Tom and Sarah and the whole team created some amazing names. They got a guy by the name of Book. Books. We love books. We're going to have him on the podcast coming up here talking more about what they're doing. Check out Candor. If you're not using it, you need to. We can't afford to take on any technology in these times. Well, I understand these are challenging times, but you know this can actually reduce costs. This could be a net positive investment. Check it out. Finastra also is a sponsor. Grateful to have them with their Fusion Mortgage Bot POS system. It personalizes the application and creates a positive path to a borrower experience, and it's done on, on any device you want to connect them. Now, so does Simple Nexus, which is also a platform of ours. They also have a POS system, but Finastra goes and departs, I mean, they have the POS, and then they go down the path of being an LOS. To Simple Nexus creates a POS, and then they have the full suite of services and how to integrate with virtually everyone out there. Simple Nexus was acquired by Encino, we need to be hearing more and more about Encino and that company and uh, that group. We're back. We're I'm talking to the two owners. We're going to try to get them, or the two owners of Encino, the founders of Encino. It's a private equity firm, so it's um, best characterized as the founders. And uh, we're going to be getting them on to talk about their vision, where they think this market is going. Really interesting shift to the regulated financial institutions, banks, credit unions. So there's a big interesting shift taking place there. But check out Simple Nexus as well. Their technology is being widely accepted. They're picking up market share like crazy, as is Total Expert. I was on with Joe Wellu of um, 
total expert recording an upcoming podcast uh, last week. It was so much fun to sit down and listen to the critical thinking that goes on at, at our sponsors. With them, Joe was telling me about some of the things, his view of AI. We got into a conversation about chat GBT, and, uh, which is uh, part of open AI. And we were uh, discussing, and they're flying out there to meet with them to talk about this. You'll hear about this in the interview that we got coming up and being released here pretty soon. Uh, check out TotalExpert.com, the leading fintech software company that delivers purpose-built CRMs, a customer engagement for the modern financial institutions. Then our friends at Form Free, Brent uh, Chandler and group do a great job there. We have recorded the uh, statement uh, podcast sorry, of October 17th and about their Riki product and uh, R-I-K-I. Uh, so be sure to check out all that you can get out of Form Free. You've got to have these kind of tools. It will actually reduce operating costs. By, these, by working with these tools. And this total experts on their uh, customer intelligence platform, Formbury and how they work with you, Finastra, and then how you do, uh, how they work with Candor. It's all very, very exciting. We're also grateful for our relationship and sponsorship from the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. As both of these, these have their user conferences coming up. I'm flying out on Sunday to be there, and I'm looking forward to it as well as Knowledge Coop. I was on with Ken Perry, what they do with their learning management system. You've got to check out what Knowledge Coop can do as far as educating and training. We've got to be doing that. They also have their CI, or their um, certification program for licensing uh, that you get through this. And uh, now some of the co-ops provide that as well at no cost. So we need to note that if you're a member of one of the co-ops. Uh, I think it's a both of them. We'll get killed on that in just a minute. Mobility, MMI, and Modex, both of these help you recruit the right people with intelligence and then mortgage advisors. We could go on and on. We have so many people knocking on our door to become sponsors. Say, that's a long list of sponsors. Well, there's a reason why we select each one of them. They select us. We select them. So it's not just you want to throw money at me and be able to advertise my podcast. It doesn't work that way. You've got to have a real – you've got to be a thought leader – you have to be a market leader and be willing to come on and support what we're doing here. And that's communicating thought leadership. Um, March 1st, that is Wednesday of this week. We pre-recorded and we'll be releasing on March 1st, a interview with Mitch Tider of the WBK firm talking about the Townsend financial case where it was Townsend financial versus CFPB. It was an ACOA and fair lending case. And CFPB lost, and we're going to be having Mitch on on Wednesday. So be sure to listen to that podcast on Wednesday as soon as released and hear what the, the, the lessons are to be learned. Also, we just saw the headline today that, that the Supreme Court is willing to take on and has agreed to take on and hear the lower court ruling that the CFPB is basically being funded illegally. And so that could be really interesting. So we, Mitch and I get in talking about some of that in the interview. Mark would join me on that podcast. It's going to be a really interesting one. And I can't wait to share that with you. Also, a special shout out to Adam DeSanctis, Les Parker, Matt Graham, David Kittle, Alice Alvey, Alan Pollock, and my co-host, Mark Helms. Go on and on. But it is so good to have all you all are, as our listeners joining in sharing this. So we hear so much about our podcast and the reach it's getting. It's kind of crazy. It's really fun. But we're grateful to have you here. The positive light in an industry has got some dark news out there. Let's get over to MBA's uh, Mortgage Minute with Adam DeSanctis. And what do you got, MBA? 
Hi, I'm Adam DeSanctis. This is the Mortgage Minute, the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Can you believe it? It finally happened. Last week, HUD announced a 30 basis point reduction to the annual mortgage insurance premium for FHA-insured loans. The action addresses a top MBA advocacy priority since 2021. Effective for FHA Title II single-family forward mortgages endorsed on or after March 20th of 2023, the annual MIP will be reduced from 0.85% to 0.55%. The reduction will only apply to new borrowers. Existing FHA borrowers will not be eligible except through a refinance. In a press statement following the announcement, MBA President and CEO Bob Brooksman applauded the move, stating that the lower premiums will expand homeownership opportunities by lowering mortgage payments for qualified FHA borrowers, providing critical relief from the steep rise in mortgage rates and home prices just in time for the spring home buying season. MBA will continue to monitor the FHA's mutual mortgage insurance fund performance to ensure the program protects taxpayers with strong reserves without charging borrowers excessively high premiums. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Good news. There's some good news in that one. FHA. See if I can find this button that works it. Well, not that one. Oh, I tried. Oh, uh, there we are. There's the button that has the applause. So applause to the MBA and FHA. So funny. I have this keyboard. I never use these buttons on there with the pre-recorded sounds on there. Anyway, Les Parker is here with his, um, wait a minute. We don't have Les Parker's segment uploaded today. Did we not get one, Ben? Huh? Well, uh, sorry about that, Les Parker. It's not here. And um, we'll splice it in. If you're listening to this afterwards and we get it, we'll splice it in. But it has not been loaded up in the system. But I know Les Parker would have a lot to say about this. So, um, but I want to encourage you to check out Les Parker's uh, news, uh, TM Spotlight um, market update that he publishes daily, and uh, encourage you to check it out. Play, um, play that and all the music that he goes into and his parodies, his music parodies is what I'm trying to say. Very, very good. Sign up for TMSpotlight.com by going to that, TMSpotlight.com, and put in the word power in the section, and you get the paid version for free. Les Parker, sorry about that. We don't see it in the notes. It wasn't get, didn't get uploaded. Let's get over to Matt Graham. Matt Graham, you're giving you a bad time at the opening for not holding up your market rates. Good morning, LOL. <laughs> That's right, David. You called down the thunder, and now I'm here with the lightning. You wanted personality, baby? Well, you got it. Let's talk about some market carnage, everybody. Who's ready? I, I like the EOR sounds of Matt Graham. That's pretty yeah. good, though. That that was pretty good. I'm impressed. Very, very good. Very, I very mean, good. we can bring it when we need to, but there's nothing to get uh, too excited about uh, this week, no. unfortunately. Unfortunately. Well, FHA gave us something yeah. a little excited about, but this is not about Yeah, yeah that was long overdue. That caused yeah. a lot of buzz for the three people that actually have the three FHA mortgages being originated in the entire U.S. <laughs> this month. That's a good break for those three clients. Um, but, you know, at some point there will be more business to be done and it will be uh, well-received, of course, yeah. especially for that market segment. Um, but there is a, a little bit of a silver lining for last week. Uh, we did start the week on a much more negative note. It was the holiday. Um, Monday was the holiday. And so we were getting caught up with weakness in Europe and Asia to some extent on Tuesday, and the PMI data across 
the globe, and that's Purchasing Managers Index. It's like yeah. a little mini GDP reading mm-hmm. and a pretty decent market mover when it sends a unified message, which it did for the most part in Europe, talking about economic resilience. And then the U.S. version later that same morning on Tuesday morning, also stronger at the services level, not as much manufacturing level. And uh, that sent yields up to their weakest levels in several months. But here's the silver lining. That was about as much selling as the bond market did for the rest of the week. We made it through the release of the Fed minutes. Not that, they, not that we were expecting any major reaction to that, but nonetheless, it's a, a Fed communication at a time when the market is really sensitive to what the Fed is saying, and it didn't cause any drama. And uh, we made it all the way through the end of the week holding this same ceiling at 3.978 in terms of 10-year Treasury yields. That has been the ceiling on Thursday, Friday, and now again today at around 8 a.m. So when we see things like that, we can make some sort of subjective observation about the bond market. Maybe, you know, the selling momentum experiencing a bit of exhaustion. Um, And that is the sort of thing that can proceed a bounce back in a more friendly direction. But as I've been repeating on MBS Live, Everything is very data dependent right now, to borrow a a phrase that is overused uh, by the Fed, but one that is very appropriate. We're waiting on economic data to let us know that either this sort of, um, I don't know if you want to call it exuberance necessarily, but economic resilience uh, would need to calm down a little bit. We want to see a little bit of economic weakness in response to the Fed's tighter monetary policy, and we want to see inflation numbers come down. That definitely wasn't the case at the end of the week with um, the PCE inflation data, and that did send yields a little bit higher at the end of the week, but uh, it's CPI that will matter more. We don't have that this week, but we do have several economic reports that can speak to that resilience. Mm-hmm. So um, I think first and foremost would be the PMI data from ISM on Wednesday and Friday. But uh, even tomorrow, uh, Chicago PMI is relevant, and to some extent, consumer confidence can be a market mover as well. So not an epic slate of market movers. Most notably, it's the first Friday of the month at the end of this week, but we do not have the jobs report. It's one of the very few times where you'll see it be a third of any given month on a Friday and not have a jobs report. And that's really only ever going to happen in March because they need to have enough time to um, collate all the data at the, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and February shorter month doesn't give them a, enough time all the time. Yeah. So, NFP next week, um, not this week. And let's see, yeah, no C- CPI will be the following week. So big stuff coming in each of the next three weeks if you want to consider the ISM PMI data to be relatively important. Either way, uh, yields and rates right around their highest levels in four months. A little bit calmer of a move this time, though, than it was last time. We moved up toward 4%, and um, with mm-hmm. things being data-dependent, I don't get the sense that markets are in a rush to reprice anymore. I think they were after the jobs report at the beginning of February, but now it's, you know, if the data says that things can calm down, things will. But the other side of that knife is if data says things yeah. are, you know, <laughs> if rates need to go higher, they, they can and will go higher. That's all for this week, Dave. That is all. I calmed down too much over the course of that talk. I I think I should have just stayed in character. 
You should say character with good morning Vietnam. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Good morning, mortgage. But uh, Les Parker would love to join in. I've invited him to call in. He did send it over. Somehow we didn't get it uploaded or the upload was unsuccessful. So for those of you listening on a downloaded basis, you will hear the Parker report, the PM spotlight report. We call it the Parker perspective. I'm actually pretty good. We maybe should do that. Use that, then we brand it as a Parker perspective. Anyway, it's good stuff. Matt, um, anything uh, that you would – what's the attitude on the boards from those that are um, are there commenting away about the recent rise? What's, what's the general attitude out there? Well, everybody is uh, fairly suicidal, um, figuratively <laughs> speaking. I'm not and, laughing about and that. Has, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, no, I mean, you know, it's gloomy. Uh, the yeah. the people that chat on MBS Live tend to be a, a little bit of a, a caricature of the the general attitude. Um, you know, you have the a little bit more personality coming through yeah. than there's some characters there. Yes, there's some characters, and uh, they tend to be very attuned to rate movement, and rate movement tends to have a big impact on the mood of the chat. So, you know, things have not been great. Uh, things were a little bit optimistic in January, and now you're seeing, like, the uh, pending home sales data reflect that, right? It just came out this morning much stronger than expected, much stronger than previous. Granted, it was low before, but uh, everybody was saying, hey, it really feels like things are bouncing in January. And they did. And then the economic data reflected it. And then the Fed took note of that, and then they said, hey, we don't want this. So we're going to have to hike rates, you know, keep them high even longer. And uh, once markets saw that data, they started to believe them. But yeah, yeah. I, I think the mood is it's receptive to progress. But what I'm trying to remind these guys and gals of is that uh, progress needs to happen slowly. Otherwise, it's not going to be sustainable right now. Just because if it happens too quickly and things mm-hmm. show any kind of exuberance, then we get what we got in February with stronger data, crankier Federal Reserve, and a move back up toward higher rates in an attempt to contain inflation well guess who dialed in matt les parker he did send over his report but i I texted him and said why don't you come on in live give us a quick update parker so the parker perspective joining us live good afternoon dave i can't (laughs) he he was listening matt you did a good job on that of good morning so we'll, let's go back to character last. It's a fabulous update, and it reflected – it is very similar to my outlook right now. I think it's backed up some and that we're stuck between – in mortgages, we're stuck between seven and six. And we're right yep. now at six, six and a half if you use the Freddie Mac primary uh, mortgage index. And that's kind of where we're at. I do think, and my – <laughs> the clip that you're going to insert, I do think that we're going to go back to the high five. So I did a song parody yeah. off of High Life from the 1987 Steve Winwood song. So. Well, well the re- and we do have it. I just got uploaded. Ben, uh, ben uh, just was able to get it when you resend it and it was uploaded. It was like successfully uploaded. So we will play it in just a minute. But what, now we have you live. We love you live, Parker. I mean, one of the things is we get the Parker perspective right on spot, also known as the TM Spotlight. But I like Parker perspective. That just kind of gets a little more active there in your mouth. But what happens is just when you have Jamie Dimon coming out as he did this week. Did you guys see the article? Any that he said, or mortgage rates are going to be at eight and a half to nine percent. I'd love to get your commentary on that. And of course, uh, co-host Mark Helms been uh, not feeling well, so give you a break, but jump in on this, Mark, and then and the regulars as well. So let's start. 
Yeah, jump in, guys. Tell no, this about is a that. very simple one to answer. He, yeah. he is absolutely wrong unless, unless. the dollar falls apart. And, yep. and by the way, he has enough information that maybe he knows that the central banks that are scheming to uh, weaken the dollar significantly mm. uh, to be the try and be, make it one of the reserve yeah. currencies and not the overwhelming <laughs> dominant uh, yeah. currency. If that happens, then he'll be right. Um, then he'll be right. It doesn't but feel not. like we're headed that way because that's a kind of against um, – I think the mechanics of way the uh, forex market works right now, it would be right. counter to that. Um, it's not impossible, and it would have to be a greater deterioration uh, globally of the leadership role of the United States. And th- that is happening. We're, we're losing credibility on a, a number of fronts um, with – not just uh, on monetary policy, but even on our in international uh, national projection of power. So it's uh, it not impossible, but I think he's wrong. What I would like to do, I had a question for, for uh, well, I do have a question for Matt Graham, if he's still on. I'm still here. Um, if he, yeah, do you think uh, – I, I do think we have a good chance of getting below six in mortgages again, but that is if the Federal Reserve stays on a tight policy, the dollar stays relatively strong, and that we have um, we continue to see inflation weakening. And so I do agree with your outlook of we need data, right? It has to, this is a scientific method, and we need mm-hmm. if we have more information and we can then test hypotheses, then we'll see changes. Uh, do you see that as a possibility? How much of an odds do you put to that possibility? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's totally possible, and it's even potentially sustainable. Um, you know, all you need is a, a few reports, especially CPI, um, showing that things aren't, uh, you know, in, in February that things calm down relative to January, and I think you'll start to push in that direction, and then a, a couple other reports after that. It doesn't even need to be CPI at that point. It could be a jobs report or, or even something else. And the, the big risk is if things get too deep into the, uh, the fives, then if we start to see – that exuberance pop back up, that's going to concern the Fed. I mean, they have realized that they overly juiced the mortgage market in 2021 and that that contributed um, in an unfortunate way to the inflation situation. And so I think they are more determined than they're letting on. And they're letting on quite a bit, but I think they're more determined than they're letting on to uh, keep the housing market contained. And that's one of the reasons that they have, uh, I think, mentioned MBS sales. I know they kind of want to be out of the MBS market anyway, but I think that if rates were falling too much, and especially if uh, mortgage spreads were tightening up too much to treasuries, then they might pull that card and uh, and try to do something to keep those spreads wider in an attempt to control inflation ultimately, not because of any well, I know vendetta Dave, the housing market. Dave Licken uh, communicated how Doug Duncan sees, uh, the econ- chief economist at uh, Fannie Mae, sees that we're going to have a few years where mortgages are basically, you know, if you realize it's more poetic, it's not a precise, between 5 and 7%. Um, I certainly see how he's 
comes to that, what, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, no hard line in the sand. I think generally more elevated than they have been. I don't think that I'm expecting a quick move back into the threes, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked to see something in the high fours at some point this year, maybe even low fours, depending on how the data goes. Uh, you know, right now you still have futures markets pricing in not a full rate cut, but a slightly lower rate in December than they're pricing in for September. Very, very slightly. Well, I would like was, to, I have one other topic that, uh, Dave, I'd like you, all of us, all of them, uh, Mark particularly and, and Matt to comment on, and that is the MED, the, the public health policy in the United States um, was largely wrong, and it's been demonstrative proven now by a lot of world-renowned epidemiologists. And, however, we haven't had a, a full assessment of it with, except going to the echo chamber to get that. Um, so what's currently in place is that if there's another pandemic, there will be another lockdown and probably last for three to four or five months because they feel like they can come out with a vaccine. And Joe Biden announced this just the other day that it would be a vaccine would be made within 100, I believe it was 130 days. The mindset, according to these people that have assessed it, uh, you know, top epidemiologists at Stanford specifically, uh, and many others across the world are saying if that holds true, it's been proven that lockdowns had severe consequences, negative consequences, and that we actually probably had greater deaths because of it. If, But if that holds true, it seems to me uh, – Mark, Dave, and Matt, that we will have significant consequences to interest rates if that happens. And there is no possibility there will be another pandemic within the few, next few years. And significantly, you significantly on the downside, lower. Yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah. I could see rates drop. Yeah. Be, exactly. yeah. Because you'd be, yeah. there'd be no activity. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's why you know, I understand that. Uh, Matt, real quickly on that, we I'm looking at the clock and we got so much to cover today. But so, uh, Matt, real quickly, your thoughts on that? Anything you want to say? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm mostly not touching it with the ten foot pole. There are a lot of what ifs there. Good luck locking people down again like they did before. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I people would go for it. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, there's but also the an inflationary component that uh, Matt, the public policy is all put in place. I mean, that, I mean yeah, good, good luck enforcing yeah, it. Yeah, good luck. I think people I know. riding in the streets right. if they try to do that one again. And I think and the, and the jab is one of those things which is also coming out more and more. Where good luck on that. But it's a good point, Ray. I mean, I think what you're talking about is another black swan, Les, is really what you're really bringing up. Is there another black swan? And that's that's certainly one that is being talked always about. Always a risk. So, and it would always push rates lower. But now after the COVID lesson, then people are going to wonder about supply chains and inflation and what the inflationary component is. So just like with the Ukraine war, right? There's an initial risk off move, yeah. but then the narrative was like, oh, this is inflationary. And so that's, that, we've reawakened these 1980s demons where we have to worry about yes. inflation in a way that we haven't had to for decades. Yeah. And Great uh, way to put I it. think it's going to make for in- interesting volatility. I'd love to get everyone's thought on it, but we honestly have to move on because of all the content we have. There's so much we're covering right now. Uh, that's excellent. But what is the number one takeaway from this part of the discussion? 
you got to have TM Spotlight in your newsletter, and we're going to play his segment, lesson segment, in just a second here. And you got to have Matt Graham. You got to be monitoring this stuff because we've got enough outliers that could be coming in impacting this, and you got to see it in real time. Matt's got real time information, and Parker's got a great perspective on it. That is good. Man, I wish I could keep that discussion going all day long. But let's play the last. Yeah, it's good to have Les. He always said, if you're cutting me off, I'm leaving. So he already dropped out. I know he's a busy guy, but it's good to have him here. Let's listen to the TM Spotlight right now. Here we go. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Locks used to be the best to make loans be right and free. After the cruel 10-year rise in mortgage rates to above 7, as expected, rates fell back to below 6. But now they're near 6.5. Fresh news feeds the bulls and bears, slowing inflation in Europe and shrinking growth in the U.S., offset higher GDP deflator and high-profile wage hikes. As a result, bears hammer away at 389 in the 10-year yield, while the mortgage bulls cling to 6.5. So, will the 10-year yield reach 411 before returning to 381? Will mortgages climb to 7 or find strength to drop below 6? Back in the high These views are my own. Get back to the high life at tmspotlight.com. Oh, yeah, a.k.a. the Parker part perspective, but that's good perspective. Les, thanks for dialing in, participating in that. We could go on and on, but we're trying to keep this within the hour. we got a lot to cover this very, very fine day. Matt Graham, thanks so much for being here. You are just a treasure. I appreciate you so much. Your opening on Vietnam as a Vietnam special was good. I love it. Let's get over to Mr. Kittle. Kittle, one of my favorite topics that you and I talk about is 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 what leadership and you are the founder of tmc you're the found you are the chairman of the mba you've talked a lot about it. i want to talk about perspective david this today is get your thoughts and i'm telling all of our clients when we work you and i both consult you work thrilled to have you involved with being consulting also thrilled to be involved in tmc with you um but the perspective of what we look at is so important if you look at the jb diamond articles and you start wringing your hands you're going to Agree that there are, things are just getting worse and worse. Your perspective. Love it, Mr. Kittle. You're a pilot. <laughs> well, I don't know what that's got to do with anything, but let's see. Listen to the how, how we act to what I just heard. Um, yeah. We had a credit issue in 7, 8, and 9. This is clearly what we're going through right now for the last two or three years and forward. It's all policy. It's slow, bad policy from the Fed. They didn't react when they should have a year and a half ago, two years ago. It's slow uh, policy making a decision where HUD could have made this decision on the MIP a year ago. They should have. I mean, that fund has been so had so much money in it. It's been yeah. it's been in great shape for so long. It's all the bad policies by the administration. And if you were sitting one on one with Jamie Dimon right now, he'd tell you the same thing. But here we are sitting. And it's okay to have these discussions, but still you have to do business. And you have to tell your people, somebody's buying a house, go get the deal. And if rates go up a little bit, this will be probably the hundredth time I've said it on your show. But if rates do go back up and they go back up to 7% or whatever, go find some place in your market, either in a correspondent side on a takeout or one of the banks in your market and start doing adjustable rate mortgages. And then then refinance them when rates come back down. I mean, that's the best you can do. Do buy downs. 
Yep. Work with your seller. Housing prices are going to go down as rates go up. So while it's still tough on the buyer, uh, on the, on the buyer, the sellers are going to have to take a little bit less. Buyer from interest rates. So you can't lose focus. You still have to do loans. Yep. And talk about the reality, but go out and sell and stay positive. Yep. Great, David. You're going to be talking about that, some of that, in at the TMC starting on Sunday. Give us a little insight on what we can anticipate at TMC this weekend and beginning of next week. Well, look, we've got a great lineup of speakers. We have people from HUD and the administration coming, and we have uh, market leaders, as we always do. It's topical. And one of the things that's been unique to the Mortgage Collaborative, you know, for the last uh, six or seven years is we have our collab labs. And if you're a member, then you'll be put with uh, a like size, like type lender across the country. And you all sign NDAs. You get in a room by yourself without anybody else. And you talk about the good and the bad that's going on with your particular company. And it raises the water up for everybody. And everybody gets good things about what they're doing. And if you have your problems, you bring in and you discuss them. And somebody, your competitor will give you uh, an answer to make you better. And that's what's unique about TMC is mm-hmm. it's, uh, the give and take and the, and the conversations that everybody has. So great conference. Looking forward great to it. Over 300 people coming to San Diego, and that's going to be a great time. That's awesome. I'm going to have a great time, David. I appreciate you being here. It's a lot about leadership right now, and it's really important of who you're listening to. I keep going to these statistics over and over and over when I'm consulting and coaching executives. Look at the home ownership rate of millennials and Gen Zers. It's at just under 30%. It can double and still not be where the baby boomers were at that point in their age, at the, at the age maturity place of home ownership uh, that has been historical. I know we're in different times, but there's a huge opportunity. Get your eye on what is being done and not what is, could be the deal stoppers. Important. Yeah, the last thing I'll put out there is we go out there as salespeople, we forget to ask for the deal. Yep. You dance all the way around it, talk about dance everything. All Give me the deal. Give me the loan. I'll take care of it. And then don't forget to sell your staff. Don't forget to sell your processing staff and your underwriter and what a great company you had. So the whole team effect. And, uh, it's, that's what that's you got to do point. these days. It's, yep. it's, uh, you, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about a particular company I'm, I'm talking to right now, and they think their operational unit sucks, and it's terrible. And, uh, and it's certainly not Union Home because Alice has such a big influence on it, what we're going to next. But it is it's a company that's really there is a distance, just a real distance between the two. So anyway, Mark Helm, you're the co-host. You've been quiet here. Hope you're feeling better, bud. I'm feeling a lot better, David, a lot better. You know. Good, 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 good. But David, well, why, don't you, uh, why don't you finish up with everybody and let me loop in at the tail end, because i got a number of things to say about a number of things. Oh, good. you <laughs> got a number of things to words. say about a number of things. Good. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I talk fast, so I can wrap it up pretty good at the end. So why don't you finish <laughs> up with everybody, and I'll, whatever time we got left, I'll, uh, I can give you good. my overview. i got a bunch of comments here. Coming. Good, good. Write them down. We got them. Let's get over to Alice Alvey. Alice, good to have you on the podcast, as always. Love having you here, Alice. I love your perspective. And uh, several people wrote, ask Alice how she did fishing on President's Day. Was it fishing you went and doing? Is that what it was that you were going to go do with, your, with Andy, your husband? Yeah, we went fly fishing. Yeah, we, uh, you know, in Ohio, we have all the wonderful rivers coming off of Lake Erie. Yeah. And right now it's steelhead season. So, yeah. Oh, I love steelhead. 
some of the best salmon you could get. So good. Well, it's good to hear your voice. What you got for us today? This is Alice Alvey. For those of you who don't know, CMB Vice President of Education and Training at the beloved Union Home Mortgage. And she's got this week's legislative update. What you got? Well, after listening to, you know, Les and Matt go on about the market and way into the future, I'm going to just talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> we got to do today. <laughs> so as you heard for the Mortgage Bankers Association uh, report earlier, they already already brought up the good news of FHA, uh, as David uh, politely said, finally reducing the uh, annual, which is the monthly mortgage insurance premium. What I want to uh, give everybody a reminder of is dates. We've got four things in flight right now, and the dates are a little confusing. So just a quick recap. FHA's reduction in the MIP is effective for loans insured on March 20th, which means you can take mm-hmm. those applications today and just uh, hang on to them and, and uh, ship them off to FHA uh, as of the 20th or afterwards. VA has their funding fee change, their 15, uh, 15 basis point reduction in the funding fee closings on April 1st. Fannie and Freddie have their cash out seasoning requirement. That's effective for note dates on April 1st. And the new ERLA has its new extra page with the home buyer certification and the language preference. And that's effective Wednesday, March 1st. So write those dates down, listen to the recording a couple times if you miss them, but that's what's going on in the next 30 days. Uh, Several big changes for loan officers to uh, make sure they're prepared for. So that's my update for today, Dave. I'll pass it back to you. Uh, The here and now report. (laughs) We have the target perspective. We have the here and now with Alice (laughs) Alvey. We could go CFPB, Supreme Court, all that, but I thought, eh, not. Let's just keep it simple for today after uh, everybody's uh, thinking about the the market. Yep, that is. We're, there are a lot of focus on the market, and that is for sure. Alice Alvey, thank you so much for being here each and every week and been here for 15 years with me on this podcast. I am so grateful to have your participation. It's been wonderful, and now that a wonderful friendships come out of it. All right, let's get over to Alan Pollock, who is here with the weekly tech update. Alan, glad to have you joining us, my friend. So much to talk uh, about in technology. It is a really, it's, it's becoming a game changer. Yes, it's expensive, and a lot of people complain it's a death by a thousand cuts. This dot-com technology, we're not getting a lift out of it. Well, get rid of what you're not getting a lift out of, because there's stuff you can do that you are you can get a lift out of. And it's, you know, you just got to think about it. Then the other question, are they implementing it properly, Alan? So I don't know where you, what you got for the weekly report, but that was a little bit of a rant to put on the front side of it. Oh, that's okay. Um, so it's interesting, David. There, there's a number of folks that believe right now ChatGPT is going to change the world for them. Um, but you, you have to realize that the content, like, for example, a number of people are having ChatGPT build automatic content, but, but in the search for that automatic content, David, what's happening is there's, there's all these other AI tools online, and some of them can actually detect that the content was written by AI. And there's another site you can go to to paste your AI content into and wind up you know, having it rewrite it to sound more human-like. Um, look, would the average person know you maybe use ChatGPT to put your full marketing strategy and write all of your LinkedIn posts? Probably not. Um, is it going to be accurate? It still needs human oversight, but it will help you. 
So on a case-by-case basis right now, ChatGPT is going to do a phenomenal job assisting companies and helping to expand. It's not going to get involved in the middle of, of, of your workflow automation and making underwriting no. decisions. Right. Yep. And exactly. maybe someday in the future, right? But here's, here's the, the problem, right? And, and we've led, for the non-technical people, we've led this industry to believe with all the press releases, and everyone always laughs, and people joke with me about the funny words that are used, right? Everyone's used AI for so long and groundbreaking and first of its kind, right? We can come up, we probably could write a T-shirt, like the back of a concert that lists all the cities you've been to with all of the PR names uh, that people have used. <laughs> That's so funny. That's good, yeah. Very, very few people are using true AI. Yeah, true. Um, you need to have – that's right. You know, just because you write an automated script that can run as an own service and evaluate three, four pieces of data and perform some action, that's really RPA, right? Yeah, yeah. AI, not only does it need data, but it needs historical data. It needs trending data. It needs, mm-hmm. it needs so much, and, it, and, it, and it, it's not something – it has to learn, and it has to make mistakes. And so it's yeah. going to be some time before we're truly using AI, right? Think about financial models. There's, there's different ways to analyze data, right? You have Monte Carlo as, as one way. I know Les Parker's ears are probably ringing because that's, if, he, if he had another dog or if he had a dog, he'd probably name it Monte Carlo. <laughs> Monte Carlo, so, exactly. That's funny. So the, the, and he and I have had a lot of conversations around that. So not the dog, just Monte Carlo. But, but yeah. ultimately, David, what I'm getting at is, is chat GPT is not going to get in the middle of your business. It's not going to be making credit and collateral and, and compliance decisions. It may assist you in learning information and writing some articles externally, but right. that's where it's going to end for now. For now. All right. But it's now. Where, and, and by, the way, by the way, it has the potential of going is another thing. And I think that, that, that I want to talk about that, but you were about to add something to that. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and you know, one of our partners, and some folks are, I think you mentioned earlier, um, Total Expert is going to be working with OpenAI. Yeah, yeah they, they're so perfect and so aligned for that kind of thing. Yes, yes. Um, so so they, they may actually be able to, to learn and work more with OpenAI, and, and there's a lot of AI solutions out there. You can make images, you can extract backgrounds, you can implement it into Excel formulas. So it's really interesting, and, and you'll see more come. But let's talk about the mortgage business for a minute, right? Yeah. So CoreLogic, David, just acquired uh, a point-of-sale platform, uh, Roostify. And mm-hmm. I didn't see anything about what the amount that, was. Really? Yeah, of the acquisition. But ultimately, I'm going to read you some, some, <coughs> excuse me, some parts from the, from the press release. Um, and CoreLogic basically says, hey, due to limitations on when and how lenders receive data about property and borrowers, errors in loan conditions aren't exposed until much later in the process. Now, if you think about things, this is me saying my opinion, from the, the perspective of CoreLogic, right, they've got all kinds of, of information about what it costs to file a mortgage, municipality costs, title costs. They've got multiple companies they acquired that they're heavy in the real estate valuation side. They've got a lot of content and data. And what they're saying is they can expose critical information about the borrower and the collateral much sooner at the point of sale. Right. So I think that's very interesting. Uh, we'll see more from that. I don't know. CoreLogic works with all of the vendors. So I don't know if this, if this affects vendors wanting to work with CoreLogic. That's a personal opinion. 
we're in a very unique position in this industry where there is consolidation, David, but there's also at the same time a lot of folks that work together. And we yes. know of one very large LOS out there that has, has provided services or allowed people to, to play in their sandbox, but has also went and acquired or built products that are in direct competition with those folks that are partnered. So maybe it's going to be a great playground where everybody can jump in the ball pit, the, the ball pit or ride the Tarzan swing at the same time, right? If right. so, that'd be great because uh, it's a great opportunity for everyone. But um, that was a really interesting acquisition that happened this week. Interesting. The other thing, yeah, David, I, I want to mention. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. No, that's it. No, continue on. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, really quick is the CFPB just issued an advisory opinion to address um, RESPA Section B, which has to do with digital technology platforms enabling consumers to comparison shop for mortgages and other real estate settlement services. And what's really interesting is I Googled this and looked at a couple different sites. I found one opinion online that said the goal is to make certain small banks, credit unions, and other lower-cost alternatives to be seen to a borrower, right? And this, this is part of anti-steering. Um, this is part of, you know, um, fair lending risk. But ultimately, these are the three items that were listed um, online by the CFPB. And it says the platform is non-neutrally or non-neutrally uses or presents information about one or more settlement service providers, that the non-neutral use or presentation of information has the effect of steering the consumer to use or otherwise affirmatively influence the selection of that mm -hmm. settlement providers and con constituting referral activity. And the operator receives a payment or other thing of value that is in least part for that referral. So they're basically cracking down on the way that you can find a lot of rates online and be presented with options based on that website potentially charging for leads or receiving kickbacks or, or deciding to present certain lenders instead of other ones, right? So think about it as a consumer, right? We're in the mortgage industry. You go online and all you see is rocket mortgage everywhere. You, you keep seeing the same thing everywhere you go, right? It may legitimately just be because they have the best rate, but this new, this new ruling well, this advisory opinion is saying, hey, no one's been sued yet. No, we haven't cracked down, but we know there's a problem out there, and you better fix it before we do start cracking down. And so I thought that was really important for, for everyone to know as they're advertising on the Internet. Um, check it out online. Yeah. And then also check out how that relates to the Townsend case that we're going to be talking about March 1st and uh, Wednesday of this week with Mitch Kider because that was advertising and that was an interesting case and CFPB actually lost it. Now that, that like Mitch says in that interview, that doesn't mean CFPB is going away. They're withering back into their cave. Nope, 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 not at all. They're going to come on, keep coming and keep coming until they are, um, I don't know, until something else happens. But anyway, we've got some possibilities with it knowing we're back in the, or the Supreme court is entertaining it. But anyway, good job. Uh, I'll Alan. tell you what, yeah, I'll tell you what, David, having, having searched for a mortgage myself in this past year and finally got one and closed on my home, I'll tell you, searching on the Internet, the, it, not everything can be controlled. Like the CFPB, there's no way they're going to get their arms around things. But how yeah. often do you look for something on the Internet and you feel like you're being fooled, right? I know, Mark Helm, you're, you're going you're gonna to have a story to align with this. But you feel like you click the right thing, but it turns out to be nothing more than a, a site that connects you to another site that probably is getting a kickback or, or ad revenue. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, and so if we, 
That's right. If we can remove that part of rate, ch- rate searching or looking for the right lender, maybe we can make things a little more clear. I think it's a big step um, for the CFPB to do this, and they're going to need – maybe they can steal all the IRS auditors that our current um, administration was going to hire and use them for the CFPB to crack down on false advertising. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a target-rich environment there, to quote that line from uh, <laughs> Top Gun, the first Top Gun movie. Yeah, target-rich environment. Yeah, good point. Alan, thank you so much. Appreciate you being here each and every week. And uh, God gave us some news I missed up, messed on, uh, Ristified being bought. So good, good job. I was thinking about Alan Weiss, uh, who, we, Weiss who we've had on uh, several times in the podcast, who was yeah. uh, the CEO of a um, good friend and someone I've really gotten to know. I'm really honored to get to know him. Alan's a brilliant guy. And he's doing some things in the whole appraisal world is that I'm getting a lot of uh, requests to come on the podcast from appraisal companies. People are saying, Hey, we've got something new that's really coming on. This is significant stuff. Yes. So there's movement in that space. So I'd love to get your perspective on it, but we're getting close to out of time. So we'll let you go. Alan, thank you for being here. Alan Pollock. If you want to reach out to Alan, be sure to do that. A L L E N at TMS dash advisors.com. We always are grateful to have you here, Alan. And, um, you got some friends commenting on this. I'm, I get texted from your friends. I could love, love giving it, uh, love reading some of it. We don't have time, but anyway, thank you everyone for writing in. Yes. We all love Alan Pollock. He does a great job. Good job, Alan. Talk to you soon. Let's get over to Mark Helm. So you're going to tie this all together with the wisdom of the ages with Mark Helm. Yeah, you know, I am. I am, David. I am, David. I, remember, I'm a legend in my own mind, so that's easy for me. <laughs> okay. Well, you've been around as long as you and I have been. We get to well, be, uh, but yeah, got it. Alice is right I, up I'm there with us. Tr- so I'm going I'm to try to do this without bouncing around. So I'm going I'm to start off this way. I feel like today I'm inside a box, and that mm-hmm. box is either ten by ten inches or ten by ten feet. Uh, and I keep going back and forth. I'm bouncing off all the walls, so I'm going to bounce off all the walls here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in reverse here and start with Alan. Alan, I do have an example of what you talked about there a, a, a little bit, and, and that is we've seen cycles and cycles of abuse in the industry of advertising, and people yes. don't learn their lessons, and they do it again, and they get jumped on, and they're doing bad things and all. But if there's a perfect example of bad advertising, it's anytime you click on anything on your iPhone or your computer these days, 99% of it's BS, and we all know that. They're going to promise you something. You go to it, you see, it, you read a line that says, we want to talk about this, and once you click on it, what you wanted to see is nowhere to be found. It's all mm-hmm. about doing something else with you. So that has moved into every phase of business, and anybody who thinks they can tell somebody, I can drive you leads for doing this, if you sign up with me and the people pay them to do it and they go in and they get a lead driven, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to be uh, con artists out there trying to do that. But I'm going to go back and jump from Allen back to Mr. Kittle, and I think he said something very profound today. We don't do a good job in our industry and have it for quite some time of selling ourselves and selling what we can do for a bar. We have a tendency more to look at the big scheme advertising that's put out there, and everybody assumes the people that – spend the most bucks on advertising, must do the best job because they get the most business and can afford to spend on advertising. That is not true. That is just not true. It happens some cases, but not in every case. And I think with that in mind, 
I think the idea of selling the process that you do, selling your people, talk about how your backroom handle it better, how you're taking care of the customer, and what's wrong with this day and time of telling somebody, you ought to go into an arm loan now and we'll refinance you and fixed rates go down, or offer them a buy down. And what's wrong with what Mr. Kittle said about talking to that bar and saying, uh, doing something extra for them, say, Mr. Jones, I'm doing your loan today, but I want to take care of you in the future. You do your loan with me today, I'm going to be around, and we do your next loan. I'll do it for three-quarters or half the origination fee. Put your mouth where your money is and vice versa with the customers and taking care of them. And we don't do a lot of that in our industry. I have lived through so many cycles, as, as most of the key players on this on this call have lived through. I say key, that's really a – you know, I said another name for old guys – <laughs> and um, we've lived through many, many cycles, and we've seen all this stuff before, and it keeps coming and going, and I think it's a big thing that we have to that we have to deal with. But I think the most confusing thing to me that we have to deal with is these projections. And my hat's off to Matt and Les and anybody else Tries who, to figure who out. Yeah. can make sense of what we hear out there. And I'm glad there are people like them that filter through this information and give us a different perspective than what we read. When I was in Vietnam, I was a code breaker, and I was breaking a Vietnamese code, North Vietnamese code, and I had my boss, who was a colonel in the Army, look at me and said, Helm, what's your confidence level if you just broke this code correctly? And I said, I stopped, and I realized whatever I said could control the lives and deaths of men we were going to send in a combat engagement, right? And I sit back and say, I personally feel like it's a little high, but I think we ought to put a, a, a margin for errors in in case I'm a little bit wrong. And so what happened there? Did that margin for errors say, okay, don't send a platoon out that might get wiped out. Send a company out so you can deal with whatever you bump into. But it, I learned a lesson back then. And, you know, what do you, what is your confidence level in the things you do in life? And I think this, this everything we're doing to economy, I see – I see guys still smoking cigars in the dark room looking at charts on the wall and say, what do we want to mess with people again on? And then I see these people over here at one of the government agencies, they're in a room with a dartboard, throwing a dart. Yeah, let's lose that number. That sounds good for this week. I'm not sure I have the confidence I had in any numbers that are produced by anybody as good as I did 25 or 30 years ago, and I think we've seen enough to show us that those numbers aren't as good as they were 35 minutes, 30, 35 years ago or 25 years or whatever. But at the same time, I think one of the most important things that we have to deal with, we still got to live with the numbers. We've got to read between the BS. Thank God for Matt. Thank God for lessons. It gives us a perspective to Mm -hmm. make sure that we're thinking through the things we should do. But I'm not going to let this economy worry anymore. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do like that great Alabama coach, Dick Saban, do. I'm going to follow my process. I'm going to do it the right way today yep. and every day, and I will survive at the end, and I will have the best team, I will have the best product, and I'll have the most profit. So help me God, and that's the way I'm going. And that's Mark Helm signing out. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> good, that's good. Oh, excellent, excellent. That's hilarious. Um, yes, <laughs> that is a round of applause. I'm going to find my button that does the round of applause there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good rant, Matt, Mark. It's so true. Uh, and yes, Mark does know Nick Saban. He actually goes to dinner with Mark. He's a Bama grad. So all you Bama haters out there and Saban haters, 
Just don't bring it up with Mark. It's an awesome thing. But you really bring up a great point. You focus on what you're doing. Um, you know, I wasn't a fan of the of, uh, of the New England Patriots, but boy, I tell you, I've got a plaque on my wall here given to me by from someone, one of my clients in Boston, Keith Pulaski, and he had chose a Bilicek in the pouring rain, pointing his fingers, looking at somebody says, and saying, do your job. And I think it really is so important. We as an industry have to come in and do our job. We're here to finance homes. We're not here to get gloom and doomy about things. The reality is rates will be where they're at, but we've got buyers and that need homes and need to get into homes, get the right attitude and get after it. Good job, man. This has been a fun podcast. Appreciate it. Uh, Alice, good to have you. You have any comments as you uh, to Mark's rant that you have or Ed Allen? I'll get your thoughts and then we'll call it a day. Oh, I just loved it. And uh, it's so true. And I guess I'm glad to be part of the old boys club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I should have been gender neutral on that, Alice. Yeah. See, there you no, go. No, you, didn't have I, your, uh, you didn't have your pronouns right, Mark. What's wrong with you? Aren't you? Up that's right. That's right. I messed up my pronouns here. Yeah. <laughs> No pronoun trouble in my book. That was perfect. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. Uh, and I think, Alan, any final comments as we wrap it up? Yeah, two things. First, David, if a turkey sandwich, this is just because I'm making my lunch, was, was made on Thursday, is it still good today if it was in the fridge? Yes. Anyways, I'll leave you with that thought, but I'm going to eat it anyways. Um, I think, I think uh, Mark's rant was fantastic. And I also think that we should, we should create the, the helm guide of mortgage rates where it's one place to go for safe, secure, um, non-trickery uh, in, in finding the right mortgage lender. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Helm. Call it the, the, the helm sandwich. Yep, yep, yep. There you go. A ham sandwich that's or helm right. sandwich. Anyway. We got all kinds of things coming out of this. But folks, listeners, it's a, it's a bit of a fun podcast. I enjoy it, but it's informative. That's our goal, to bring you information on a formative basis and an audio format. And we just thought to do that. I think you saw evidence of that happening again today. A lot of good information here as well as trying to get some more encouragement to focus on the facts of what's really what our mission is here. And that, that we really kind of drove home that point. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors again, Candor and Astra Free Total Expert, Simple Nexus, uh, MBA, Lenders One, Mortgage Collaborative, the Knowledge Coop, Mobility MMI, Modex, and Mortgage Advisory Tools. So good to have you here. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to having you back here next week. Good night from Vietnam. <laughs> You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.